Welcome back. Week number 12 NFL recap. So we have three Thursday games to go over from Thanksgiving. We have a couple overtime games from yesterday. We have some teams going out sad like the Saints who got shut out for the first time since 2002. So a lot to talk about. Hopefully you guys enjoy the video. Leave a like. It always helps out. And let's get into it. The first game on Thursday, it was the Bills at the Lions. The Lions, they always play the first game as we know. And it was actually a good matchup. The Bills took this one 28-25. Last second field goal by Tyler Bass. And Josh Allen made this insane throw to get them in the field goal range. A throw that I think maybe two or three other quarterbacks can make in the entire NFL. So Allen threw a 36-yarder up the seam to Stephon Diggs. And as I said, like not many guys are making that throw. It got them to the Detroit 38. They set up in field goal range. And Tyler Bass knocked down the 45-yarder. But... For the Lions, it sucks. I mean, they had a chance to win this game. I mean, they were up 22 to 19 in the early fourth quarter. They were able to tie it late with a, a field goal by Badgley, a 51-yarder to tie it at 25. And the Lions, they were on a three-game win streak. So I'm sure that fan base wanted it badly. The team wanted it badly. But the Bills, talent prevails. They pull it out in the end. Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, no surprise. So back-to-back -back dubs for the Bills, who, you know, they lost two in a row before that. For the Lions, they're not completely dead yet, but of course, any loss at this point is going to hurt. They dropped the four and seven. My Giants, they were at the Cowboys. The Cowboys took this one by eight, 28 to 20. Very bad beat in this game, by the way. If you took Dallas minus 10 or minus nine and a half, Rough loss for you there on that spread because the Giants had a last second, eight seconds to go touchdown to make it an eight-point game. So anyone who bet Dallas, sorry about that. But yeah, the Giants fall to seven and four, their first losing streak of the year. They have dropped two in a row. Dallas improves to eight and three. And of course, with all the Giants injuries, I'm not surprised about the outcome. The Giants were actually up 13 to seven and a half. So I'm thinking, hey, you know, maybe there is a chance here, but no, Dallas definitely outclassed the Giants in the second half. They had a great passing attack. Dak really woke up in the second half after two first half interceptions. And the Giants offense, they don't have a lot of weapons. Saquon Barkley had another bad game. That's like three in a row or two in a row now. And if Saquon's not carrying the offense, it's tough for the Giants to really do much. I mean, at least they put up 20, but that's not enough. But yeah, I hate to say it, but Dallas, they look legit. I mean, this is like the first time, as I said, in my lifetime, well, I don't want to say entire lifetime, but the first time in a long time that I think Dallas actually has a chance to win the Super Bowl, which I don't want to say, but they're pretty damn good. The last Thanksgiving game, Patriots at Vikings, actually a very good game. So the Vikings took it by seven, but it was close throughout. Minnesota goes to nine and two. The Patriots fall to six and five. And the biggest controversy from this game was a Hunter Henry catch that was overturned to not a catch after replay one of those plays where i thought he clearly caught it but once his hands hit the ground the ball kind of moved a little bit and of course the refs were like nope no catch which is annoying because there's just no consistency with that rule so you know one nfl game might call that a catch one might not call it a catch and this happened in the third quarter middle of the third quarter 23 23 game the patriots had to settle for a field goal as they often do and that of course was a game-changing play crazy part is though right before that the patriots special teams allowed a kickoff return a 97 yarder and you never see that i mean the patriots special teams has been phenomenal this year so like this was the last team you thought would give up a special teams touchdown so Adam Thielen scored the touchdown to make it a seven point lead the Patriots had a while to come back but they couldn't do it Daniel Hunter had a big sack to force the Patriots into a fourth and long they didn't convert so Minnesota I mean they pretty much have that division wrapped up I mean with the Lions the Packers and the Bears losing 
the next closest team is the Lions, and they're five games back. So it seems like Minnesota completely wraps up the North. And if you're the Patriots, you're now in last place in the AFC East. I mean, they had the tiebreaker with the Jets. That helps, but now they're two back of the Dolphins and the Bills. And the Patriots already lost to Miami, so that does not help for the tiebreaker. Next game, not going to spend much time on this one, but the Broncos were at the Panthers. The Broncos suck. I mean, I don't know what else to say at this point. The Panthers win 23-10. They improve the 4-8. The Broncos fall to 3-8, which I just never thought would be the case here. And it sucks, too, for Denver fans because that defense is, like, legit. They're Super Bowl ready in terms of their defense, but their offense is maybe the worst in football. It's going to be very interesting to see what happens with that team in the offseason. I would think that Nathaniel Hackett is a one-and-done coach. You're not going to release Russell Wilson, obviously, after that big contract. So I would move on from the head coach, get an offensive guy that fits what Russell Wilson likes to do back in Seattle, and just pray to God that it works because they really can't get out of that contract anytime soon. For the Panthers, Sam Darnold started. DJ Moore played better. Deonta Foreman had a good game on the ground. So Darnold looked pretty good. He's already named the starter for next week. So maybe Sam Darnold finishes out the year nicely here for Carolina. But both teams are obviously not going to make the playoffs. Next, the Buccaneers, they were at the Cleveland Browns. Tom Brady is below 500 again here. So the Bucks fall to 5 and 6, the Browns improve to 4 and 7. Just a wild game. I mean, there was a game-tying touchdown to David Njoku on 4th and 10. Gotta have it. And it, it wasn't Justin Jefferson levels from that Bills versus Vikings game a few weeks back. But one of those passes that was up the seam, off target by Brissett. And Njoku with his left hand, he might be a lefty, but still left-handed, just reached back. And just one hands that ball, keeps his feet in, ties the game right before regulation ends. But the biggest talking point from this game was Todd Bowles and his inability to manage the clock and go for it in situations where he should obviously be going for it. One of the situations that people are really getting on him for was 13 minutes to go in the fourth quarter, Tampa up by seven. They were on the 37-yard line of Cleveland. You're right on the cusp of field goal range. You have Tom Brady, you're two yards away from a first down, and they take a delay game on purpose and punt. There were also Buccaneers fans not happy about um, Bowles not taking timeouts when he should have. So the game goes to OT. Bucks got the ball, but Brady throws an incompletion to Mike Evans on third and 14. So the Browns, they get it, but they give it right back. Then Tampa gets the ball back. They give it back. And at this point, you're thinking it's going to be a tie. But then Amari Cooper happened. The 17-yard catch by Amari Cooper, a 45-yard catch by Amari Cooper. They got down to Tampa's three-yard line. Nick Chubb punched it in. The Browns won 23-17. So... Tampa's still in first place despite being under 500, which is pretty funny. But now that entire division is alive. I mean, the Saints at 4-8 and eight are literally just a game and a half back of the Buccaneers. And same thing with the Carolina Panthers. It's just nuts. I still think Tampa will be fine. They'll make the playoffs. And if you're Cleveland, I mean, hey, you get Deshaun Watson back next week. You never know. I mean, they still have seven losses on the year. That's not great. But still, maybe Deshaun Watson just returns to uh, his MVP form right away. But I'm not really counting on that. The Baltimore Ravens were at the Jacksonville Jaguars another awesome game here decided by a two-point conversion at the end and uh yeah the Jaguars won 28-27 so Lamar 
has a touchdown drive. He found Josh Oliver, who actually had a nice game for a 12-yard touchdown to put them up by seven. And then Trevor Lawrence had to go 75 yards, a two-minute drill, and he showed the flashes of why this guy was the first overall pick. He looked awesome in this entire game. Lawrence found Marvin Jones for a touchdown, a 10-yard touchdown, where he technically got one foot in, but his shin also like hit the ground, so counted as a catch. And then Doug Peterson, whose team was three and seven at the time, he's like, you know what? Screw it. We're going for two. They found Zay Jones on a two-point conversion. Zay Jones, by the way, 11 catches, 145 yards in this game. But anyway, so Baltimore got the ball back. And when you're facing Justin Tucker, the game's not over yet. There was 14 seconds left when they got the ball, but you never know. They hit Josh Oliver for a 12-yard catch. They got the ball down with two seconds to go for a 67-yard field goal try by Justin Tucker. And anytime it's Justin Tucker, you're like, oh, he's making it because it's Justin Tucker. He always comes up clutch in these moments. We saw it at Detroit last year when he made that 60, what was it, 66-yarder or something crazy, 65-yarder. This one from 67. When it left his foot, I thought he made it. It was accurate. He would have had enough, you know, it would have been between the uprights, but he missed it, I would say, maybe three yards short. But I really thought Justin Tucker had it for a second. So the Ravens have a pretty heartbreaking loss in Jacksonville. Lots of drops, some drop touchdowns by the Ravens. Their offense still does not look right. So maybe they'll get it together. I don't know. Gus Edwards had a fumble. But Baltimore, they are still in first place in the AFC North. So it could be worse. The Texans, they were at the Dolphins. Almost a very sneaky backdoor by the Texans. So the Dolphins got up 30 to nothing at halftime. The Dolphins did not score in the second half. They played a lot of their backups in the fourth quarter. But the Texans, they cut it to a 15-point game. I believe the spread, what was it, 13, 13 and a half? Like, it was, it was a big-ass spread, but they almost got it. Not much to take away in this game. Kyle Allen, he filled in for Davis Mills. Didn't really have a good day. 215 yards. 5.5 per completion, two interceptions. He was sacked five times. So yeah, the Texans, their, their quarterback is not on the roster right now for the future. Miami actually had a defensive touchdown. Xavier Howard returned a fumble for six. But yeah, the Texans almost covered. And uh, I guess the one other thing to bring up in this game, Tua Tungavailoa had a very scary looking play. One of those plays where a defender kind of got caught under his legs and he bent backwards but he got up he was limping a bit he looked fine I'm sure he'll be okay but just very scary for Dolphins fans but Tua he fell one yard short of 300 yards that kind of sucks but he'll take the uh, day overall the Bears were at the Jets a very weird game it was raining out the whole time so that of course was not fun but the Jets took this one 31 to 10. They improved the seven and four, and that's coming off the Zach Wilson drama. So that's definitely a great win for the Jets. Bears fall to three and nine. Justin Fields did not play. It was Trevor Simeon. Then apparently Simeon got hurt in the pregame warmups. It was supposed to be um, Nathan Peterman, the guy who threw the five interceptions like five years ago. And then they were like, nah, Simeon's fine. So they put him in the game and he started. But the main story here was Mike White, who had, I think, the best passer rating on the entire week for anybody. A 149.3 passer rating. Mike White was 22 of 28. 315 yards, three touchdowns, 11.2 yards per attempt, and no turnovers. Garrett Wilson had five for 95, two touchdowns. Even Elijah Moore got involved, so good for him. He only had two catches, but he did score a touchdown. And I know Jets fans will be very hyped and very excited, as they should be, but look, I don't know if Mike White's the answer. They have two very tough games coming up at Minnesota, at Buffalo. 
If Mike White can even get one of those games, I'll be very impressed, but the Jets definitely have a lot stacked against them the next couple matchups. And for Chicago, I mean, you might as well shut down Justin Fields, get yourself a higher draft pick, get, get Justin Fields a wide receiver one. I don't really see the point in playing him right now. And Chicago's entire secondary was pretty much out. I know Mike White, you want to give him all the credit, but they had no Kyler Gordon, no Brisker out of Penn State. Um, the safety Eddie Jackson got hurt pretty early in this game, so they had nobody. The Bengals, they were at the Titans, and the Bengals took this one by four. They improved the seven and four. The Titans fall to seven and four. 20 to 16 was the final. This was the same matchup as the AFC divisional matchup last year. We know the Bengals, they took that one. They went on to beat the Chiefs a week later. They got to the Super Bowl. And I think that game went to overtime. So a similar, like very exciting game in this one for the most part. It was really close. And I do think Mike Vrabel is one of the best coaches in football. His record speaks for itself. The way the players buy in, it all speaks for itself. But Vrabel and his team had a fourth and five on Cincinnati's 20. They were down 20 to 13. So a field goal cuts it to a four point game. And it's like, does that really do much for you? You're five yards away. You're on your opponent's 20-yard line. There's six minutes to go in the entire game, and you decide to kick the field goal to make it 20-16 to 16 instead of trying to get the touchdown and going for a tie. Kind of bothered me, and the Bengals, um, they kept the ball the rest of the game. The, the Titans did not get the ball back after that decision with six minutes to go, so that decision ultimately cost them the game. I'm not saying getting five yards is automatic, but when you're down by seven on your opponent's 20, down by you know seven points i'm going for that i i know mike rabel knows more than me but i'm just saying like it's it seems like one of those decisions that you're just playing not to lose and i i think you know todd bowles got criticized for it as well as i mentioned and mike rabel's obviously a much better coach but i just did not really like that decision too much falcons at the commanders a pretty big game for playoff implications for both teams the Falcons, they dropped this one in pretty heartbreaking fashion. 19-13, to 13, the Commanders take it. And this got very exciting at the end. So in the third quarter, Joey Sly, the Washington kicker, missed an extra point. And you're thinking, all right, one point, whatever, no big deal. But the Falcons had the ball last, down by six now because of that missed extra point. And maybe they would have went for two based on how the rest of the week went with all these other teams going for two in the same situation. But the Falcons get the ball down to the four-yard line of Washington. Marcus Mariota back to pass. The ball got tipped in the air intercepted on the four-yard line by Kendall Fuller. Washington took over, and that was the game. So the Falcons, they got four yards away. They dropped to five and seven. They had a chance to, once again, be in first place in the NFC South. I do believe, because they would have been six and six, and now the Bucks are five and six. So yeah, the Falcons would have been in first place. That is just awful if you're a uh, Atlanta fan. And for the Commanders, they have a game versus the Giants, which is huge huge for playoff implications for both the Giants and the Commanders. Then they have a bye, and then they play the Giants again, which I don't know why it worked out that way, but it does. So two massive games there for Washington and my Giants. The Chargers were at the Cardinals, an awesome game here. The Chargers took it by 125 to 24, kind of similar to what happened in the Jacksonville versus the Ravens game. Last second touchdown by the Chargers. They go for two. They get it. Kind of saved their season in a way. If they dropped to five and six, I mean, they would have been in a pretty rough spot. Not saying it would have been over, but they would have been behind the entire AFC East. They would have been behind two teams in the North. They would have been behind the Titans, the Chiefs, obviously. So yeah, definitely a big win here for the Chargers. And for the Cardinals, 
their season's over. This was the first time all year they got DeAndre Hopkins and Marquise Brown on the field at the same time, so I guess that's pretty cool. But yeah, the Cardinals definitely had their chances. They started out up 10-0 in this game. They took a 24-17 lead in the early fourth quarter. Then I remember there was a play where Zayvon Collins intercepted Herbert, but after review, they saw it hit the ground, so that was reversed. And I believe they had the punt after that, so it definitely saved a good field position from the Cardinals getting it. But then after a nice DeAndre Carter punt return, Chargers got the ball with like a minute left. Justin Herbert had a lot of checkdowns to Austin Eckler, no surprise. He found Eckler um, for a one-yard touchdown. Eckler had this really cool play right at the pylon. He shifted his body. The ball barely crossed. And then, of course, they go for two, which not a surprise based on how aggressive Brandon Staley is. But they ran this really good play. I mean, for some reason, I thought it wasn't going to work because it's the Chargers and bad things tend to happen to them. But they ran this quick little angle route with um, with Gerald Everett. And he was wide open. There's nobody like within five yards of him. And this is like from a two-point conversion. So he caught it. The Chargers get themselves a much-needed victory. They go to six and five. Cardinals dropped to four and eight. The Raiders were at the Seahawks. Seattle came in at six and four off their bye. And uh, yeah, Seattle was favored. And of course, they're in a playoff race with that record. And again, they really shouldn't lose to the Raiders. And it was a heartbreaker if you're a Seahawks fan. The Raiders won 40 to 34 in overtime. Massive game by Josh Jacobs, who had a walk-off 86-yard touchdown. Ran right up the gut. I think he made one cut and he was gone. Just a crazy way to lose that game. Derek Carr, I mean, I criticize Carr a lot, but he was clutch on one of the final drives in the fourth quarter. He found Foster Moreau on a beautiful ball in the back right corner of the end zone to tie the game up. Carr did have two interceptions. He had one on the first play of the game, and if you saw the clip, it's hilarious because there was a guy who was on the sideline for the Seahawks, and after the after the interception return, he thought the play was over, so he runs onto the field, the ball was still alive, so the Seahawks literally had 12 guys on the field when they weren't supposed to. They took the whole 12th man thing too seriously there, but anyway, Josh Jacobs, it's funny because Jacobs popped up on the injury report on Saturday, and as a guy who has Josh Jacobs in fantasy, I was freaking out, but he plays in the game, has 33 carries, 229 rushing yards, 70 receiving yards, 74, sorry, and two touchdowns. I mean, just an insane performance from a guy who people thought might get cut before the year started because he played a weird amount of snaps in that first game of the year, the uh, the Hall of Fame game. And usually starters don't play much in that game, if at all. So people are like, oh, Josh Jacobs, you know, I don't know if he's safe on the roster. But no, he's literally been like one of the best, if not the best running back in football this year. And he's a free agent, uh, still 24 years old. So Josh Jacobs, he might get paid a lot. Anyway, big win for the Raiders culture, for sure. You could tell those guys, they really want it. Max Crosby, Derek Carr, of course, a very passionate fan base. So I feel good for Raiders fans. But if you're a Seattle fan... Definitely a tough loss. The Rams, they were at the Chiefs, a near Super Bowl rematch from last year. I know the Chiefs were one game away. The Rams, of course, they just won it last year. But um, yeah, this game was not really that close the entire time. I figured the Chiefs would win by more, but they did cover the, I think it was 15 and a half point spread. They won by 16. So 
If you took KC like myself, we won by half a point. So no Stafford, no Cooper Cup. Allen Robinson now is having season-ending surgery. Aaron Donald now has a high ankle sprain. That entire Rams team is just going down the toilet. I kind of feel bad for them, but hard to feel that bad for a defending Super Bowl champion. But Bryce Perkins played for Stafford. He had an okay game at 44 yards on the ground. Did have two interceptions, one by LeJarius Sneed at the end to pretty much wrap the game up. Mahomes had a very stupid, like, red red zone interception like basically on the goal line you don't see that very often but yeah I don't know what the next move for the Rams is I mean I just think this is obviously the worst record that Sean McVay has had by far so you know Aaron Donald spoke about retiring last year there's always been rumors about Sean McVay about being like a broadcaster I don't know. I feel like a lot of things are up in the air with the Rams, but we'll see what happens in the offseason. The Chiefs, I mean, they slept walk through this game and they still won by 16. They're obviously one of the top three, if not the best team in the football. The Saints were at the 49ers. Rough one if you're a Saints fan. The first time that team has been shut out since 2002. Of course, having Drew Brees for so many of those years, it was... No, you're not going to shut out the Saints, obviously, in that era. But the 49ers, they didn't play that great themselves. I mean, they only put up 13 points offensively. Christian McCaffrey had a pretty underwhelming game for the most part. Elijah Mitchell was running the ball well, but he got hurt again. So he'll be out for maybe the rest of the year with an MCL injury. Alvin Kamara, he lost a couple of fumbles. That, of course, was big. One of those was right near the goal line. Like, they were just about to score. And, of course, Kamara had the fumble on, like, the one or two yard line. So... That sucked. So this game didn't really teach me much about the Niners. I mean, we know their defense is amazing, but it just kind of tells you how bad the Saints are. I just really hope they put in Jameis at quarterback or even give Taysom Hill more quarterback snaps. I, I don't see why not. I don't know what Andy Dalton's really doing for you right now. But as I mentioned, the Saints are kind of in the division. I mean, the Saints have four wins and the Bucks, who are in the first place have five. They're basically a win back. So I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I mean, there's still a chance, obviously. Sunday night was the Packers at the Eagles. The Packers, they lose this one by seven, 40 to 33. Green Bay drops to 4-8. The Eagles go to 10-1. The Eagles, I believe, were like six yards shy of the most rushing yards ever in the franchise history in one game. The Eagles had 363 rushing yards. That's insane. Absurd amount of rushing yards in one football game. So Aaron Rodgers, he played early in this one, had a couple of interceptions, and you can tell he doesn't look right. He had the thumb injury. Then had an oblique injury. He left the game. Jordan Love came in, I believe, in like the early fourth quarter. And Love actually looked pretty good. Six of nine, 113. One touchdown, a long one to Christian Watson, who scored again. But the comeback was too little too late. I mean, they did make it a seven-point game with nine minutes to go. But the Eagles' offense, it couldn't be stopped. If you are running for almost 400 yards, you're going to win. So, I mean, I'm actually surprised the Packers put up 33. Their offense has not looked great the entire year. They got a good game on the ground from A.J. Dillon. I mentioned Christian Watson, but yeah, I don't know how the Packers even scored that many points. Big game for Eagles. I don't want to say running backs. One of them was a quarterback. Jalen Hurts had 17 carries for 157 on the ground. Miles Sanders, the actual running back, had 21 carries for 143 on the ground with two touchdowns. The Eagles can beat you in every way possible. I'm actually very interested to see how the Eagles versus Cowboys matchups look. They actually play at Dallas in week 16, so that should be a really fun game. Definitely a lot of questions about the future of Aaron Rodgers and the Packers overall. I mean, we'll touch on that stuff at a later 
point, but um, seems like Rodgers might be done in Green Bay. He might be done with football in general. I don't know. But Jordan Love, he looks ready. I think, you know, the Packers probably want to move in a different direction at some point. Love is like 15 years younger. You just took him a couple years ago in the first round. So it's always inevitable. It happened when Aaron Rodgers was taken over for Favre. We know how that went. And now the same thing's going to happen to Aaron Rodgers. So that's going to do it. I hope you guys enjoyed. Uh, tonight we have the Steelers at the Colts. I think it might be a good game. Not going to lie. It's a close spread Indy by two and a half. I picked the Colts to win on my spread pick show, but I could see it going either way. So it might be a good game. We'll find out. But anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed this video and I'll talk to you guys next time.